welcome to the Derbs Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about Outriders. Before we do that, Buddy, why don't you show the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, it's pretty simple. On this podcast, we like to talk about games. And I guess we've sort of picked up an affinity for these looter shooters. Um, because today, we're talking about Outriders, which is like the latest of them to try and snatch the crown. And, uh you know, get people's attention. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a looter shooter, right? And we, we played a bunch of these, right? We, we both played a bunch of Destiny. We both played Anthem when it came out. Uh, rip in pepperonis, Anthem. Uh, rest, yeah, rest in peace, Anthem. Uh, yeah, so uh, the game is... I think it's probably closest to Anthem out of all... Did you ever play any of the Borderlands games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it actually does remind me a lot of Borderlands. Actually, I, did, I had not even thought of it, but... Because that's the other big looter shooter, right? The big the big, the big, big ones in my mind are Destiny and uh, and Borderlands. It's kind of like the big big entries in, this, in, in kind sure. of the genre. Um, There's, what else is there? There's The Division. There's, oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe that's the only other one I can think of. Yeah. Um... Anyway, this one is by Square Enix, I believe. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's got four classes. It's got a little bit more of kind of what I would call kind of the traditional tank, uh, tank healer damage trio. Although I don't think it's particularly hard hard hardwired to it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so you've played more than I have. I have kind of come away from it basically being like, this is neat. I don't know how much time I'd put into it. Like I would, I would play it with friends, but I like, like I, I hit the first, like part of the reason why we kept delaying this review, this podcast for so long is I would hit like, like I just didn't like playing it by myself. I hit the first boss and I was like, I lost to it twice kind of just from being sloppy. It's not like it's super hard, but like it would, it popped me back to like the beginning of the fight. I was just like, I don't care enough about this. I'm done. And I put it down until we played together. Um, you've also met through that played two classes. I've played the the stone the the stony boy and you've played that and the technomancer. You played a lot of technomancer while we were playing together. We played for like three or four hours together, I wanna say. Um, and it was, you know, captivating enough. But um not so much that I that I uh, that it, that it drew me in. Um at least, uh, so, so do you have any, do you have any thoughts before you, before I start jumping into the new My high level thoughts are, I like, uh, I, I have a lot of likes and dislikes about, about, like, Outriders. Kind of for everything that I want to give it credit for, I also want to give it, like, I want to, I want to get on its case for, for sort of other things. Um, but in general I do like it. If there is a looter shooter on the market right now that I would play, Outriders is probably it. Maybe, um, because I think I do like it more than Destiny, and I've never tried the Division, but my understanding is that I wouldn't like the Division, just based on what I understand of it. Um, but I probably like it worse than I enjoyed Anthem at the time, which, you know, is sort of faint praise, because I never ended up playing any more of Anthem, obviously. Uh, but I had, a, I had a much better time, I feel like, overall with Anthem, and I think Anthem was um, a product that was like more suited towards me than Outriders kind of ended up being. Yeah, because part of, part of the thing you liked about Anthem 
Um, and part of the thing, part of the thing that I think that Arbiter shoots DNA with is, is like high use of abilities and abilities being super yeah. important, right? And I think I think Anthem, like I think Anthem did a lot wrong, but I think it did kind of like that that um, ability itemization well, right? Like because you could equip basically other items in the slots. I think it's something that Arbiter says interestingly is kind of your armor has perks for your abilities. But also that doesn't seem super consistent to me, and like, like it doesn't seem consistent to, to me enough to like really build around it. Like this is the thing that that like bothers me the most. I think about Outriders is that um, like there's two parts of it. There's the looter part and the shooter part, and something that um, and and I don't think it does the looter part well enough. And I don't think and and by the looter part I mean kind of like the action RPG um, build you know build kind of defining kind of like itemization tons of stuff right like i think it, it gets it, it gets close to a lot of other things i think it borderlands also gets kind of close there um i think borderlands actually does a little bit better um i haven't played enough of it um something that i think it lacks is like i think destiny uh, like if you know on a scale from looter to shooter i think sh- destiny's all the way on the shooter side yeah um and I think it does the shooting very well, which I don't think any of these other games have done well, right? Like, I don't, I don't think the shooting in Borderlands or the shooting in this game or the shooting in Anthem felt particularly good. And that's, you know, fine, right? Like, you're allowed to, you know, like, you can focus on, on the loot more. But I don't think any of the looter shooters have really captured kind of that Diablo path of exile. Like, this is really engaging. I want to kind of maximize the way I'm playing this game um, in a way that... Um, that, that, that feels really good and makes me want to keep like doing runs of things so that I generate more loot so I can like build out my character better. And that's kind of got to be the dark heart of all of this, right? Like, um, uh, I think that's the, the promise of the genre, right? You get the addictiveness of the loot cycle, but you also get kind of like the, like the, um, uh, the, the, the feeling of the, of the, uh, of the shooting. And honestly, maybe I'd even say that like, like, right off of this band to to the to to the shootery side of the shooter that is destiny like like maybe even on the spectrum is like something like call of duty right where you have builds right but there's no there's no variation right like or there's no yeah there's no there's no grind or rather there's a grind for levels but there's no grind for different pieces of loot that's luck based right it's all or gear right yeah, like you're yeah, never no, going to get a better gun than the gun that you unlock the very first iteration of of call of duty right right and but that's why i say it's only like a step to the right of destiny because destiny right like for like the first three two or three years of its existence you were never getting a better better devils than the better devils you got right which is a big criticism of the game and they finally introduced random roles but even still that like those combinatorics are like very countable right like there's like a couple different combinations you could get on frames um Unlike, you know, on the other, uh, like, from the other perspective, right, like, Borderlands has always been, like, you can get 60 bajillion guns, and they do, like, wacky things, and, you know, the tone of that game makes that, like, more, um, like, you can be a little bit more creative with it, right, like, you know, I think it's, like, one one of the, I think it's torque guns, like, when you reload them, you throw the gun, and it explodes, right, like, that's not appropriate for a more serious setting, but it lets you be a little bit more creative, and I think Borderlands kind of gets the looter part best out of any of these games that I've played so far. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I I do think the abilities and the loot stuff was good. Maybe maybe part of it is that neither of us really hit the end game, right? Like, and in a certain sense, we're kind of talking about the game 
you know, like imagine we're two WoW players and we talk about the loot cycle of WoW only for the leveling, like like for leveling greens. You know what I mean? Like maybe we're not really like seeing that full picture. And I do sort of get that sense because as I played, because I got, I got all the way to level 29, I beat the game, like I beat the campaign, but I didn't do anything after that. So I've had, I've, I've picked up legendaries and I've redesigned my armor a couple of times because you can do that, you know, to, to sort of like make stuff that, that you unlock, right? Like make that work and i do see and so i think the systems are there for this kind of customization and it's a pretty similar scent of customization to you know like anthem also had this where you had you know, like legendaries um that would sort of modify your gear the thing that outriders does is it puts that on rare armor right like rare you get one modification epic you get two modifications um kind of thing but i think that ultimately at the end of the day first of all it didn't feel incredibly balanced to me there were some things where i was just like who the fuck would take this? Like, one of the abilities gave one of my moves, like, a bleed, and the other one increased its damage by 4,000. And it's like, the bleed is going to bleed for, like, 400 damage. One of these is 10 times as good as the other. How on earth would I ever take, you know, like, the bleed one? And you can make a, a number of arguments about that, right? Like, oh, there are talents that make, like, bleeds better and stuff like that or whatever. Um... But I just didn't have the sense that it was, like, terribly well sort of, like, balanced. Um, and maybe that's the point. Maybe it's, like, magic where you need the bad cards to show players what the good cards are. You know, like, part of the part of the game is about deciphering what are the what are the good cards or whatever. So, um, so just, just to remark on that really quickly, like, I think, I think that that's part of the, like, part of the problem is, like, I don't think it needs to be balanced, right? Like, this is, you know, there are options in like a diablo you know you'll pick up like a weapon that just like doesn't fit what you need right but you need to have enough of them and enough of a of, of like a playing field to build something unique out of it each class is like eight skills right like i don't think there's enough there like uh to to really to, to really like allow for like basically creative expression right like you're kind of like and like the talent trees are like kind of like they're all like kind of like pinned to a couple of those abilities you're kind of hemmed in there i feel like or at least that's, that's the way it felt to me and you feel like basically you don't have enough to really get the looter thing to or the, the looter part of this to really sing for me right like um you know diablo 3 for all of its flaws still had like you know had like at least uh, you know, like, uh, like 20-ish abilities, I think, per person with five different runes on them, right? So you've already got, like, 100 combinatorics there, plus, like, modifications from legendaries. And then, like, even the rares had, like, uh, or had, had like, stats in them that you, that, that you were optimizing. That gives you enough to kind of, like, start to shape something that you can at least start to call your own. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've said this before, but I think part of the problem with Diablo is that the set bonuses were too powerful, and so, like, you kind of got, like, you know, locked into a particular build that wasn't particularly, comp you know, didn't allow for that kind of creative expression. I think that that's, that's a similar thing happening here. You don't have those, those, those set bonuses as a problem, but you just don't have enough playing field to, to kind of like... Yeah, I definitely this. get that because of the talent trees. The talent yeah. trees modify certain abilities in different ways. Like, so for instance, um, the, the abilities like Earthquake, Boulder Dash, maybe... Um, you know, the uh, the tremors, right? Like, a bunch of the abilities were keyed off of, like, anomaly power, and it was very clear that they were linked in that one bottom tier, right? Like, that if you were going, these 
if you were going that bottom group, you had to take those abilities. You couldn't take some of the other abilities because they were more, like, reflect bullets doesn't interact with this stuff, right? Um, which was just, like, another like another kind of ability. I definitely feel you about only the, there only being eight abilities. This is something that I thought Anthem did much better, um, which was having, like, first of all, it had abilities that had kind of, like, a macro purpose, but also abilities that had, like, a like a micro purpose if that makes sense so you did have a lot of the combinatorics right so you had like i was making these kinds of decisions with my anthem characters that were like okay i need a primer and i need a detonator because of the way that those mechanics work right so if i had the flamethrower i set these guys on fire and if i have the mortar i can then shoot them with a mortar round and the fire thing blows up this comes from mass effect 3 this is a very cool ability and i think is a great foundation for like any of these looter shooter kind of like mechanically but i never really had that sort of interaction with this game um at best you would get like i need to make things bleed because my other abilities key off of bleed like this thing is going to be do more damage to a bleeding target or whatever but like the the debt the primer detonator gameplay is something that came that also existed with my group right like i could run in with a build of full detonators and still rely on my allies to prime things for me to detonate if that makes sense and i just think that kind of like macro structure really helped anthem a lot in a way that i wish that it was I mean, something similar was in outriders so i will say that i do think the some of the choices that you can make in Outriders are good. And you can kind of get to that point, right? Um, something that happened when I was playing with Rachel was we got to a part where we, like, opened up this courtyard and a ton of dogs, you know, like the little dog monsters, um, like, flooded in. And it was really hard, partially because we were playing on the highest difficulty. And I do think the game scales faster than you are, like, reasonably able to deal with. And you probably have to scale it back at a certain point. Um... But so we were sitting there and we were just, uh, we were, we were just churning it over and over and over again. Something we were doing was going back to the base and like changing out our build until we eventually got to a place where, you know, like my build was refined enough for this individual fight that we could kind of like progress through it. And that's good. That is like, I, I think that's evidence of good gameplay. I don't think I could do that in Destiny. I think that that kind of iteration, iterative, you know, tinkering with my build little piece by piece is really possible in destiny because it's kind of set up to be more on the shooter side than the like than the ability side and that's fine and that's totally fair yeah. um but uh so i think that that game does exist in outriders uh but in outriders it's sort of buried under some of this other stuff but i will say i did like the talent trees in general i just kind of wish that the talent trees didn't have um i liked a lot of those the small effects of the talent trees that were not geared into into the different abilities like um yeah there were if, a if they of... didn't lock you down right like like i picked up a, yeah. a, a, a talent early on it's like the one that's between the top and the middle tree it's like your kinetic abilities like do a, a big bonus for you or something right like and it's like well that means i'm using earthquake and you know and and whatever the other ones and maybe i'm picking up one that doesn't fit into that into that group but like i mean maybe that's even just that like you know you only you can there's eight total and you can only use three of them which I'm not, yep. you know, which, which seems like nothing, right? Like, it, I don't know. It just... No, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. That was also the way the Mass Effect worked, and I think that that was fine, and that was a lot of, that was fun, and I had plenty of fun. Sure, but like... You know, ma pa pairing down to just three abilities, but I don't really think that Outriders' abilities 
you know, one of the other things that made it that made it work in, I guess, Mass Effect was how easy it was to sort of like switch around. But if you were really going hard into firepower, were really going hard into anomaly power, those were very rigid, cho you know, choices. You either went the build that was like, okay, using Boulder Dash or Gravity, whatever leap, increases your firepower by seventy percent. Well, you—that's a firepower build. You don't have any option. The only way to do that is by going hard into firepower. And the other option is. It just increases the damage of your, whatever they were, like seismic abilities by 50%. What use is that talent except for to use Earthquake and Tremors or whatever? The talents that I thought were interesting were things like, you know, um, when you kill a guy at close range, you steal 20% of his armor for 10 seconds, right? Like, that it, that, it has no interaction with any of the other abilities, right? You can do that. You can shoot a guy at close range with a shotgun. You can kill a guy at close range with an Earthquake. They will both, uh, like you know feed into um feed into you and those are the abilities that i kind of like wish were more spread out through through the tree yeah no I, and i i agree and uh i just just to your mass effect point right like mass effect it works i think at the small number of abilities because one you've got three characters right like it's you and, and your two wingmen so you know you're doing you know you're, you're making some more choices there also the game isn't about it isn't as much about like building out your character right First of all, I think the I think the gameplay is better, frankly. And two, mm -hmm. um, I like you know it's got a rich story. It's got better encounter design, a lot like Outriders. Is basically, it's got much better encounter design. I that, that, this is one of the big things. I we'll we'll talk about this in a second. Go ahead. No, I but no, like like Outriders is the classic kind of looter. Like throw a ton of things at you, and like you know do some minor mechanics, but most of it's just kind of like you know mow down hordes of things and you know of and do minor mechanics, right? Like. Um, which is uh, I did I actually don't think translates particularly well uh, in in the way that that Outriders did it. Um, yep, I, I think this is Outriders' biggest failing, and the part that makes me place it below something like Anthem or you know like Mass Effect. Andromeda is also kind of like this. One of the things that the Mass Effect games do, Anthem also does this, is that there are different kinds of enemy health, right? So you can have armor, you can have shields. You can have just regular, like, flat HP or whatever. And attacking a guy who has armor is different, like, like significantly different than attacking a guy who has shields because of the way the those things sort of, like, interact. Um, this is also sort of true for, like, Overwatch. I mean, like, this is not a this is not a unique to Mass Effect or Bioware games um, sort of thing. And I feel like just that small change has a, a ton of huge effects because I, it, it constantly makes me reevaluate what I'm using to engage my opponents with because I'm like, okay, well, if they're all armor, right, and armor does a thing where it, it subtracts damage per hit, right? So if I attack a guy with a submachine gun and he has armor, I'm plinking off. I'm not doing any damage, right? But if I attack a, a guy who has armor with a sniper rifle, I'm going to do great because it's one bullet that packs a ton of damage and it's just going to subtract, you know, three from that or whatever shields are sort of the opposite though right like shields reduce damage by um uh or by uh the like the set amount but it won't penetrate through so if you snipe a guy and you snipe his shields out the you're actually wasting a bunch of damage whereas the submachine gun will chew through the shields and then start chewing through the health because as soon as the shield runs out right like all of the subsequent bullets will then just hit hp or whatever and I, and I like that a lot i think that's a, that's a great way to sort of incentivize players playing around those you know uh 
th those effects and and tailoring builds or or tailoring the the way that people ap approach encounters in that way right like maybe i carry a submachine gun because i know that my abilities are good against armor but bad against shields or i carry a sniper rifle and vice versa or something like that to kind of create like a like a holistic build at the end of the day the the the, the encounter design of outriders is just Here's a room. There's an ammo box in the front. Every time you see an ammo box, you know that there's going to be a big set of guys on the other side. There's going to be a lot of them, and you're just going to have to kind of chew through them, and they all behave mostly the same. Like, there's some guys who are real bullet sponges, and you have mechanics to dodge. And I also kind of hate... I think Outrider's camera is a little too tight, but that's another thing. Um, you have very basic mechanics to dodge, um, and that's kind of that's kind of it. There's really no other... The other piece of this is there's no vert verticality. Anthem had a lot of verticality, and so did Mass Effect Andromeda, which really helped because you could do things like get people behind cover by popping into the air, right? Which makes you exposed, but you now get to negate enemy cover, for instance. Or you could do things like build 3D, you know, like you could have uh, a sort of lattice structure that has a bunch of guys on a roof here and an understructure where there aren't a lot of guys so you stay down here and then you pop up with your jetpack and and fall back down to kind of like get your pot shots off those sorts of encounters completely absent in outriders the only thing you have is chest tight walls which i just think is yeah, which, which outdated also like point. half the I, I mean i think cover shooters have their place but like half the classes don't even use them right like like the, the ones that we were like you know the stony i can't remember what the the, the correct name devastator devastator um, they're all about, like, getting up in things' faces and shooting them, which, um, again, like, this is, to, to, to go to your point, like, th there's some very weirdly, weird mechanics here, right? Like, the game wants you to fight, right? Like, it'll reward you with health back if you do certain things. For the Devastator, it's, like, kill something in short range. But the things that are bullet spongy health, right? Like, you can't keep that going if you can't find a little thing to go then roll off and, like, pick off to regen your health. Which I yep. I think it isn't like quite tuned right because right? I don't think it's supposed to be that you know the devastator's job is to clean up all the trash while like the uh, while like say the technomancer goes and snipes something from the, uh, goes and snipes the big boys from the back because the big because the technomancers don't have the damage to pull down one of those things by themselves and if the thing closes in the technomancer is pretty fucked right like we when we mm -hmm. were playing every time I went out ahead to to deal like to you know kind of like screw stuff up I kind of left you in the dust. And you would end up dying, and then I would end up dying because yep. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I couldn't handle this stuff by myself. There were a lot of times. It, I will say one thing that I, that worked about the enemy design is there were a lot of times where I felt threatened by certain mobs as one class that were easy pickings as the other class. So, for instance, on Technomancer, I could deal with basically all those. I could do with those little guys all day, you know, because I'm sitting in cover. They, they pop out, I just plink, 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 or whatever, easy. No, not, no trouble at all, right? So just the basic generic mooks, I mean. But the breachers, who have a certain amount of armor, and they have shotguns, and they get really up in your face, those guys killed me constantly. Because they force you out of the cover, and then they're just chasing you down with a shotgun, you're a technomancer. You have, you have no recourse at that position. Those guys are easy when you're a devastator. It's the little guys that kill you. Because the little guys... Um, and I actually do like this. I think in general I would go to bat for the way that this works. The little guys kick your shit in if you are not in cover, right? And um, and the way this works with the Devastator is you have to have one of the protection abilities. So either the one that covers you in rocks, you take a bunch less damage, right? Or you reflect, bullets. You, like you reflect bullets. Um, 
But like, if you are moving around, you're just like killing these breachers, having a, having a good old times, and your golem runs out, like, boy oh boy, you gotta find cover quick, cause those like little bitches will plug you instantly. Like I just died so much because they have just. I don't know, they just laser-like ability to, to kill you as soon as you're out of cover. I do think that that's, like, overall good. I think I think I would say that, you know, a play style for a Devastator that is, when you have your abil the ability to protect yourself, you can really get up in somebody's faces, but then when that ability goes on cooldown, you know, you need to you need to kind of, like, hide, play it safe, be cautious. That, like, makes sense to me in sort of a game design, uh, in sort of a game design way. Um, but I don't think that... Um, I just think that that's like that's like basics. That's like bare minimum, right? Yeah. Basically, any other game could could deliver on that. But it but where where Outriders fails to deliver is on any other kind of more interesting or more compelling, right? Like even just fighting guys that have mechanics to them that I can sort of take from place to place. Like one of the things that Mass Effect did is um, they would just have very similar you know monsters fight you and those monsters all behave the exact same way if you fought a brute you know that it had this charge thing that it does you know that it has this swipe thing that it does you know that it has this yell where if it gets close it'll yell and it'll stun you for a second and pop you out of cover or whatever and like you can play around and mix and match with these different enemy types right so all of these different enemies each have the kind of their own mechanics kind of like trash mobs would in uh like in a in a wow dungeon i never got that feeling about any of these guys outside of the fact that breachers use a shotgun there are guys who will sometimes put a little sniper thing on your head and if you pop out of cover they shoot you for all your health right like bare bare minimum basic basic stuff yeah and i i think i think i i kind of agree with you that like at kind of like the low level the balance is kind of there right like you know technomancer deals with long range guys uh devastator deals with close range guys um but, like, those bigger, chunkier enemies that are kind of, like, the boss enemies, I just don't think they interact with the mechanic particularly well. Um, I also think, like, I've got some, like, weird, like some very specific nitpicks, right? Like, I think Reflect Bullets is a cool ability. I also think that it's, like, very, like, weirdly done, right? Like, I stand, like, as, as a character, I'm standing there for, like, feels like 10 seconds just, like, pointing myself in a direction, right, and absorbing bullets, um, right, and it, you know, I, I, you know, when I got the hang of it, I felt like you know, we, we, we had moments where I felt like um, Reinhardt in like Overwatch, right? Like, yeah, you know, I think that is the intended goal of Reflect Bullets, right? Is you you put it up, and then your guys behind you are shooting through the wall, and you're kind of this mobile piece of cover. But that only works if you have you know people to take advantage of it with. Though I will say, Reflect Bullets is also fucking disgusting and incredibly imbalanced. I think partially because it is completely useless against, like, the dogs, right? Like, it Reflect Bullets does basically nothing. I think it technically reflects some of their melee damage to you, right? But, like, in any situation where there's a big, giant group of enemies with guns who shoot you, Reflect Bullets is insanely good. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, but, like, the actual gameplay of it, right? Like, the thing that makes Reinhardt work well, I think, is that you can, like, put up and pull down the shield relatively quickly, right? Like, mm -hmm. Reflect Bolts is up for 10 seconds, and, like, you can cancel it early, and then it's down for, like, 10, you know, like, a while. I think it's, like, 10 seconds. And, like, you can't switch back and forth between them fast enough to, like, to make it, like, a, a super, you know, a, a super impactful. And, like, if you, end, if you end it early, it feels like a waste. And it feels like, and then it goes on cooldown for like the, the full time. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it's also taking up a third of your of your slot, right? Like you know, it's a third of your abilities, which you know, in the end of the world, it's I like it better than like I like it better from a gameplay perspective than Golem because Golem is just like you hit a button and you're you you know you take less damage. Whoop de woo. Oh, yeah. I actually like Golem better, but I think Golem has better modifiers. Is why Golem is really fun. The thing that I did with Golem was. Um, there is one talent that says when you have your protection skill up, which, by the way, is a terrible talent for for reflect bullets. When you have a protection skill up, your firepower is increased by 40%, right? And there are a couple ones that's like the duration of your golem is increased by 100%. Every time you kill a guy while golem is active, its duration is increased by some percent. And also maybe there's one that's like really just those two. Right, because what you get in are these like chain kill scenarios where you run in, you golem up, and you're just trying to kill as many dudes as possible, right? And if you can get that, like if you can get that snowball rolling, it's like you feel like a god. It's insanely fun, right? Um, but it is so contingent on those other two because the base duration of golem is so short that it it's practically it's practically worthless and that is only if you can you know like mow down guys quickly enough that it that it matters right like this is a build that has absolutely no use on a boss fight right yeah um there's actually another piece of this that is also fun which is when you use a kinetic ability you can increase your firepower by 70 percent um and boulder dash which is a kinetic ability where you just run forward and smash a guy you can use boulder dash and there's a thing that reduces boulder dash's cooldown by 50 percent natively which means you can have a hundred percent uptime on that 70 percent firepower buff i feel like this is just like the cool build that they were that they were like looking for where you just boulder dash on cooldown for no reason you just are spamming it so that you get this bonus you get this uptime and you have golem running and you're just like killing guys with whatever your 110 percent extra firepower like that is fun that is like that, that is very cool i did not find anything nearly as cool in uh in reflect bullets in its modifications right like i i did, I, I couldn't figure out a way to make a build out of reflect bullets just because the modifiers themselves were pretty boring and uninteresting overall yeah yeah that that, that i think I, I, that might just be the killer there right like, like like i said like the looter the looter part isn't fleshed out enough right yep. like like i think like we're talking about the weaknesses of the different series right like i think anthem's big weakness to me was that like the like the mechanical base was there but the implementation wasn't uh super super great um I mean, it was ultimately its downfall, right? Like the actual minute-to-minute -minute gameplay wasn't, um, like, like wasn't uh, super, like, like the, like, like the, or rather, it wasn't the minute-to-minute -minute gameplay. It was like the, it was stuff like you know, like the the, the damage scaling on the guns being all fucked, right? Like, and um, yeah, I think it was like if there wasn't enough of it, maybe. Um, I almost want to say also the the environments were bad. One of the things I like about Outriders is that the environments were very varied, right? So you had desert, you had jungle, you had you know these things. Everything in Anthem was that one, like weird, like vaguely jungle like canyon yeah. thing. Um, so like I like the enemies, I like the encounter design, I like all that stuff better. But you know you're just kind of everything is in the exact same spot in the chat. Um, where he just says, honestly, I think I'd like Outriders more if there was, like, a way to set builds and swap more easily. This is another thing I liked about Anthem. In Anthem, everything was tied to your gear, right? So all you needed to do to swap was you just, at the end of a mission or whatever, you go, you swap out this for that, this for that, and all of a sudden, boom, you have a, you have a new build. You have a new, um, 
because it, because it was all tied into the armor. It was all built on the suit, right? Um, that was something that was very finicky in Outriders um, that was really frustrating to deal with because a lot of the time I was getting stuff where, like, the stuff was better, but, like, the... You know, like, in the field you get, you get an item and it shows the upgrade, right? But what if it's modifying a skill that you're not using? What if the thing that you're using in that slot does modify a skill that you use all the time or whatever, right? Um, something that I found was the gun modifiers were much more impactful than I thought they were. Like, at first I was just going by the number. You see the number, you see the up arrow, you're like, okay, green arrow, this thing is better. But, like, the gun modifiers had a huge impact on what I was using and when. Like, partially because they interact with your class, right? Like, I had a gun that I used for a long time just because the gun inflict bleed. And Devastators key off of Bleed in a lot of different ways, right? Like, I can get, I can set things up so that Bleed is an important, you know, if I am forcing things to Bleed, that changes the way that that my my class plays in, in so material context that that's worth a couple hundred points of whatever. Um, but there's also just stuff that's, like, getting the Freeze ability that, like, you shoot a guy and he is frozen solid for a couple seconds is so good. And, like... The thing that's like, when you reload, your next, your first bullet burns the target first couple of, It's like, how is that ever going to be as good as being able to freeze a guy in place and then shoot him five times in the head in a row? Like, there, it, it, that, that I felt was very, uh, I don't know, out of whack. Yeah, I, I feel like the reload could be good on, like, one of the single shotguns, but, like... I see your point. I, I think I think part of the problem here too is like what we were discussing when we were playing is that I don't think the frames are well balanced. Like the gun frames are well balanced against each other, right? Like, I, I like that's like a lot. That's like screwed up by the by the DPS numbers, right? Like, yep. I had like an auto shot. Like I got an auto shot that was a significant upgrade, and it was just terrible. Not only because like it did like okay damage, but like it had like I burned through all the ammo in it like lickety split, right? Which is like just not great. Right. I felt all the shotguns were very unfun to play with. I never found a shotgun that I thought was good, and I thought the assault rifles were too good. I had, um, I, even when I was playing tech, Technomancer, I felt like I had no reason to use the single-shot rifles that I felt like I was built for over an assault rifle. The assault rifles just put out more damage at a better rate of fire more consistently in almost every uh, every experience. I, I had fun with the pump shotguns, right? Like I thought the other shotguns just like didn't work. Right? They were They were too wimpy. Um, and you know, these are also not things like, so the frame balancing against each other, I will say are things that like could be fixed in post, right? Like you mm -hmm. could do a balance pass on those things and just numbers, right? Like it's not like it's, uh, it's, it's like something inherent to the, to, to the game in a way that I think that like these problems I see with like, kind of like this skill variety, um, are a problem for the, uh, uh, I, I think I think a problem uh, a larger problem for the system in the game, right? Like you'd have to do significantly more work to do that. I think you could balance the, the, the gun on things against each other um and you know I, I don't think the game's terrible right like I, I i definitely put this kind of in that like uh fan of the genre territory um, um and there's not a lot of games in the genre so you know maybe it's worth it from that from that perspective um yep you know maybe. yeah i also think that it is hard to really parse for me a little what some of the differences are that make that the case because i love shotguns in payday and killing floor right and and i think maybe part of it is those games had better enemy design it, it, like that this comes back to kind of encounters and enemies right like one of the things that was nice about killing floor for instance is that you understood the kinds of enemies that you were up against and where the shotgun 
was going to work for you inside of a an individual like play playthrough right so like you might pick up the shotgun not because of like it's raw damage output right but because it had a specific purpose of i can use the shotgun to quickly and efficiently deal with the crawlers on the floor right because you don't really need to aim those guys are really fast and they have no hp so you just kind of point it at the ground and turn it on and boom 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 they're all dead and that that that's why i i have a shotgun right but whereas in in this game and maybe in looter shooters in general right because i'm tying things into that overall firepower number right and i'm thinking about the like the the deep the raw dps and i'm kind of comparing all of my weapons against that um it it sort of uh creates this lowest common denominator problem so underwriting I, I, everything i think part of the problem with with this too is that there's two slots in outriders like i believe borderlands gives you four right like mm -hmm. you can give a slot to a specialized weapon which is shotgun shotguns tend towards that that that, that area um if your other three like you know if you you can have like your workhorse right like your, your assault rifle you generally have your your workhorse gun and a couple of specialization gun like you know a short range gun a long range gun and you know a wild cut or something right that's kind of like roughly what you do um um and in this game you kind of need to like you need like a workhorse and like and like maybe one specialization gun but the but, but the workhorse guns are like i think part of it might be that the reload animations might be too long like it might be something as simple as that because like it feels like you almost want two workhorses um like uh and like the sidearm like I don't know. I think it's all like sidearms were useless. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed mine, but that's just because I like the revolver aesthetic, right? Like I would never, like and like you could dump fire out of them, like fire them pretty quickly, but like they're supposed to be backup, right? Like they're supposed to be like you know they have infinite ammo, um, but like yeah, I feel like because they have infinite ammo, they are built to be a fallback, and ammo is so plentiful that I never really had issues with it across my two main guns. There were plenty of times where I ran out of ammo on one gun, but then I just swapped to my other main gun and it would ride me out until the end of the encounter. I yeah. never got into a position where I was out of ammo on both guns. And, and, and like, you're never going for a build, I don't feel like, where you're running two guns that have ammo problems, right? Like, like I said, the auto shotgun has ammo problems, but it's also not better enough like it's not better enough that I would consider running it like like you no know, I just like ditch that gun at the first opportunity right like um, I need something like very good to like make that a trade off and like maybe I could see a scenario where like you know two very good guns that have very limited ammo we were relying on your sidearm um, maybe but like it's not there right like I, was I also feel like there's an extra dimension here which is the modifiers on the the guns themselves right like so for instance maybe you're carrying a gun. I, I can see somebody create a build that's like, okay, I have my gun for freezing people and then my gun for following up. So I freeze, swap, shoot you in the head with a sniper rifle for massive damage or something, right? That is a that is a, a, a consideration that is built on the ability for one of my guns to like freeze or whatever. But like, I feel like that's a very niche application that I would want extra options for in general, right? And um, I don't know. That, that makes it hard. Maybe part of it is that, like, you know what? Something that... Not, Killing Floor is actually kind of a bad example. Killing Floor doesn't make... Doesn't make you really choose across gun genre that much. Because you're playing a class and you have access to guns. And the classes are suited to the guns that it is suited to, right? So for, you know, the support class, which is suited to shotguns, 
it reduces the spread, right? Um, whereas the, you know, the commando class with the assault rifle, their thing is increasing, you know, like rate of fire and magazine size or whatever. And so like, because those, those classes are suited to, towards the guns naturally, right? And towards shoring up the, the guns, natural weaknesses, um, I'm really only ever comparing shotguns to shotguns, right? I'm, I'm only looking at, do I want this shotgun or that shotgun when I'm playing a support or that assault rifle, that assault rifle when I'm playing a commando. The only thing that they do here is just say, you do 20% more damage with fucking assault rifles. That's it. That's like, and it's a, it's a bill. It's a, a talent that you have to talent into or whatever. Um, which I just think is kind of like not heavy enough. Even when I was playing, well, I think it's a bad talent, like the right? Like I like, you know, yeah. Like, like, the only thing I like about it, the thing I like about it most actually, is that it increases the drop rate of those weapons. Uh, so I used it to guarantee that I got assault rifles more often than not because I thought assault rifles were the best. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think part of the primary the like like kind of a general problem here is that like you want like the shotgun to be the thing you pull out when something's close to you, and that's not necessarily the case, right? Like you are almost just as well served pulling out an assault rifle. And uh, also, like you know, you're gonna run out of it. Like, like I said, I think the the pop the pump shotgun felt felt good to me, but like, like it's just like not better enough, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like the real thing you want from shotgun is like close range burst damage, right? Right. Like, imagine a version where you have an auto shotgun, and when you're really close to somebody, and you can just unload ten rounds in a second and a half. That I think is better than an assault rifle. I could make a case for myself to pick that up over an assault rifle. But when the assault rifle is also going to do about that same damage and also has medium and long range implications, right? Um, I think it's fine. But like maybe, you know, maybe if I, if we were in a world where, okay, using an assault rifle, you have really bad weapon spread unless you like do something to fix that, right? Then, then I would, I would get it. Then I would understand because now all of a sudden, okay, maybe it's not that good of a medium range weapon if I'm not doing something to reduce the spread. Um, but I don't know. Honestly, maybe they do do that. You know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was back end stuff that said that assault rifles and shotguns behave differently depending on like what class you were. Because I don't really play the. I guess I played Technomancer, but I didn't really sense it when I played Technomancer. Yeah, so. I, I think that like. I think I think like I think part of this ties back to my initial point, which is that the gunplay isn't spectacular. Um, yeah. Like things don't feel super great. Like I'm so the other big point is like I, I play a fair amount of COD for 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 kit shits and giggles and like the multiplayer aspect mm -hmm. of that, right? It's like switching weapons isn't free, but it's like good enough that like it feels like right to switch weapons for the correct task. It feels a little slow in this game, right? Like um, not only that, but like you know on the shotgun, like, you know. And granted, this is against other players, so it, it works slightly differently from like like field point. But like, a shotgun shot at close range is either one or two shots, and the person's dead, right? Like, whereas like an assault rifle is like a little bit more sustained, but like you can also keep that going for longer, right? Like, like um the the heaviest hitting shotgun in in Black Ops, right? You have two shots before you have to reload the thing, and so if you miss it, you're fucked, right? Like, whereas like the assault rifle probably isn't as effective at super close range but like you can sustain fire for longer right and like you know the lmg's a bigger version of that here right like the lmg's like there i think there were a couple of things that like were vaguely lmg lmg like they didn't feel that distinct from from assault rifles um 
They were assault rifles with really big magazines and really long reload times, basically. Yeah, right. And that's, <laughs> that is effectively what they, they are in most games, but, like, there's, like, a character difference, right? Like, they, they feel chunkier, right? Like, and, like, I don't I, I think part I think part of it might just kind of be like aesthetics, right? Like 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 mm-hmm. like you know, this is something I've talked about before with Destiny. Destiny nails kind of like the, the aesthetic perfectly. Um or that that's what contributes to the feel, the, the, the proper feel. Honestly, I think part of that is also the enemies in, in Destiny. Destiny has very satisfying enemies to get crits on because yeah. like you have very clear critical points and hitting them feels good. This is also true of Mass Effect. One of the th- I remember one of the things in Mass Effect 3 that I thought was great was landing headshots was so satisfying. Like with the Cerberus troopers, they had this their 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 armor is like all white and they have a big white like helmet or whatever, but when you shoot them in the head, the head kind of explodes in this fountain of like not fountain, it's not gory, right? But it's like I don't know, it's sort of the same... It's a feedback, right? Like it, It's the same, it's the feedback loop, and it's just, it's entirely aesthetic, right? But it is just shooting that guy in the head and watching his head go, like a, you know, like a zit popping or something. I mean, that's gross, I guess, but, right? Like, that's just, there's just something satisfying no, no, about that uh, in a way that it is not is actually, satisfying. This was game. a super big problem of mine with, what was it, Killing Floor that came and played together? Like, the headshots, like, you know, had like a, like, I think like a, like, they didn't feel right, right? Like, they, you know, like, I could barely tell I was doing, or until I knew what to look for, and even then I didn't feel like they were super satisfying to hit, right? Like, um, you... I actually like the headshots and killing for a, a, a lot, but you do you, I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't think they consistently, like, they didn't do the, they didn't consistently do the explosion thing, right? Like, I think it was, like, a chance, and, like, sometimes, like, it was just, like, I think a light, um, or something. Um, oh, and, and also, sometimes they would live through the headshot, which sucks. Because you, you kill a guy and you expect him to fall over, but in Killing Floor, there's zombies, obviously. So you shoot a guy in his head, his head pops off, and he's still coming at you because, yeah, yeah. you know, he still has health or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I just found the feedback there to, to not be particularly convincing. I mean, maybe that was, like, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. We're not talking about that game. But, like, this sure. game, like, like sometimes, like, the, like on the boss, right, like, the crit shots aren't super legible sometimes, which doesn't make sense. Also, there's just, like, a weirdly specific problem with, like, sniper rifles where, like, you're zoomed in so much that, like, the number pops off the top of the screen, right? Like, you were talking... I experienced this, and you were talking about this, too, right? Like, where, like, the class where it matters most for is the sniper rifle, right? You, It's harder to tell that you've gotten, like, the, the critical shot, which is, again, like, that's, that's, like, a little thing that you could probably fix with, like, a bug fix, fix pass, but... Um, one thing that drove me nuts in Outriders, this is from chat, is for Trickster there was a whole shotgun build, but literally the most effective skill is absolutely horrible with shotguns. Yeah, I, I, I definitely get that. The, the the skill in question I think is the one that buffs your um it like it buffs your gun damage by a certain amount or whatever, right? So it just says gives your gun a good your gun is good damage now, right? Um and I think that thing was built for yeah, it buffs gun damage but ends on reload. So you get three pumps with a shotgun and then you immediately have to reload and you and you lose the thing versus a big gigantic magazine, right, with a, with an assault rifle. I definitely get that. I also had that on uh, I also had that on Technomancer, but on Technomancer it makes more sense because you're geared towards assault rifles and single shot rifles, which have bigger magazines in general. Yeah, I, so I think I think the, the part of the problem here is that there's a most effective skill, right? Like that yeah. that like it's like a fundamental problem here right like it's not like you know it's it's it doesn't quite quite doesn't quite work right i don't think yeah that most effective skill i think it, it it's kind of the it's like 
It reminds me of the Maurad powers problem in Torghast, mm. where Maurad powers are bad because they are not useful on the boss, and the only thing that really matters in a Torghast run is being able to like do the boss, right? Um, it was the same sort of thing, right? Like when you have these giant bullet sponge bosses. Your abilities just don't matter. Your abilities are just never going to make the difference, right? What is going to be able to make the difference is you just sit there and you unload clip after clip after clip into these, into these you know, huge, gigantic hitboxes um, for massive, massive damage. Uh, and insofar as that is sort of like the like the boss design and the encounter design, um, it's bad. Another thing I do want to bring up, did I ever t tell you about the MOBA that I played that was over the shoulder? Um, uh, was it Smite? No, so I so a, a while ago I played a MOBA that is in development as part oh, of like as part of this, uh, but yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things, and you know, we were giving feedback on this thing, and one of the things about it was um, the MOBA itself was over over the shoulder, right? So the camera was over the shoulder, but it had clearly taken all of its sort of game design notes from League of Legends, right? So it like really behaved like League of Legends, and it didn't properly reckon with the difference in how cameras work over the shoulder versus what is Stop effectively that. isometric, right? Being able to, to shoot down onto a plane. Because when I'm shooting down onto a plane, it's very easy for me to draw, you know, like inside of that XY plane if my camera is along the Z axis. I hope this is reading to people who can't see me like waving my hands around in the, in the camera or whatever. Um, but if, you're, if your camera is over the shoulder, your camera is on the X axis or the Y axis, either one, right? So you can't really draw stuff on that XY plane and have it really be like legible because it's not perpendicular it's parallel right and that was a huge issue i had with anthem Anthem, or i'm sorry not anthem uh outriders it was a huge issue i had with outriders outriders wants you to respect ground aoe you know like skill shot indicators or whatever but it cuts off you the, like the camera barely shows your feet and you want to be aiming down sights for a lot of it which just narrows your vision even more so it's kind of like asking you to deal with mechanics right without giving you the proper indicators of those mechanics because it's essentially using like wow game language of saying oh i draw a circle on the floor don't stand in this circle but if my camera is pointed along the floor and i'm zoomed in because i'm aiming down sights at a boss or whatever i'm just gonna miss the fucking circle and take a ton of damage and that sucks and is unfun and uncool and this is another thing by the way that anthem did right because of the verticality with anthem because there's that verticality you can look down at a plane like that right um it also is just wider on the on the person so it was much easier to like dodge these big things happening at any individual time because your mobility was increased with a an ability to move vertically um and your your vision was increased by your ability to look down at the thing that you need to be avoiding yeah part of that's just camera too right like you know where the camera's positioned um mm. uh like you can pull the camera like you know wow you know, is kind of nominally over the sh shoulder in a lot of cases, right? But like, you can pull it back, and it makes more sense. Um, yeah, I would argue that it's isometric in, you know, like rated dungeon content, right? You want to pull that camera all the way back because you're looking for the right, but for the swirlies on the floor. It's, it's like halfway between, right? Because like you're still like behind yeah. your character most of the time, um, mm. or like I, and I, you know, I'd have to think about it. But Des Destiny, I don't feel like has these problems either. Um, See, I think Destiny designs around that. And, th and this yeah, is, I, I would I mean, give Destiny right. a lot of credit for this because I feel like a lot of the things that I'm dealing with in Destiny 
are eye level, right? It's like an orb spawned that's at eye level that's shooting you with damage, right? Right, or something kind of along those sorts of lines. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, exactly, right? Like, like, like De- Des- Destiny uses the, the right tools for it, right? Like, it's, it's it's you know tools in the tool. Like, I can't think of. I mean, obviously, I only ever did that one raid, which was in the very beginning of Destiny's lifetime, so. You know, like this is not definitive. But even in that raid, I don't think I I remember a single like ground effect that had that circle that I was looking to get out of. Whereas Outrider was full of these, right? Um, there are some there are some things that are okay, right? Like there are those beams that the bosses would spawn. Um, sometimes they would spawn a little purple vortex or whatever. But I don't know in general. Yeah. No. I I Destiny, Destiny. Like like you're right. Everything's basically at eye level, and anything that's like. Any, I feel like anything that's like a groundish level is like has like vertical spikes to it, so you can like see it see see it happening. Um, or vertical. Yeah, I also sort. think a lot of the threat in Destiny is just incoming fire, but Destiny kind of has doom rules of my shots are hit scan, your shots are projectiles. So most of the enemies are shooting you with dodgeable projectiles rather than shooting you with just. Like, blanket hit scan damage, which, you know, and I actually think blanket hit scan damage is not that bad, right? Like, this game has blanket hit scan damage that I would not say is is bad because it's built yeah. around cover, right? Um, but, uh, but I think that all that stuff kind of, like, interacts to kind of make things, you know, I don't know, yeah. make things better. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about outright is the story, because I think the story is not great. Um, how far do we, we... Man. I don't care about I, spoilers, but... Yeah, the the big thing. This will be spoilers, I guess. So if you, boy, really care about it, please feel free to drop. The big thing about Outriders is that story kept going. It just every I thought that game was ending at five individual places, and then it was just like, oh no no no, there's another like thing for us to do. We got to go do this like other thing, and like just when you feel like it introduces, I don't know. It introduces just like a new concept. Like first you're in the trenches, then you're in this war, then you're dealing with this this guy who's another altered. Then he dies. Then you fight his other guy. Oh, that's where we ended. We yeah. killed we killed Bollock. Yeah. There is like a full other game that happens after that point. That is not even close to the end, and you haven't even met the final bad guy. Yeah, I felt like Seth Seth like just kind of jobs her. Like none of the characters seem to like like there's like Jakob, and like I guess this Asian girl that's apparently his granddaughter or his daughter yep. rather is is like a thing that we have to care about um but like i don't know, also like like the moment to moment parts of the story were bad right like i wasn't expecting much right like I, I don't care right like it's it's i'm not playing this game for like a deep and enriching story right like you know um it'd be nice if it was right like you no know, I, I i have spent hours like coming through destiny lore but like i don't need it in order for the game to be compelling, right? Like I, 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 I fucking killed the skeleton king like seventy-two times, and I, you know, I didn't care anymore either time. I just, you know, it was a great way to to, to get loot. Um, but like, it's I don't know. It was like laughably bad. Um, yeah, the the story is built on constant plot twists. Um, so it's just like, oh, Seth is dead. Okay. And then you then you fight Moloch. All right. Then you go into the desert and the oh no no you don't go to the desert first. Then you go into the jungle with the the from the very beginning with the black goop. Okay. Then you meet some jungle boys and the jungle boys have an antidote to the black goop. Okay, fine. The antidote to the black goop 
is people. Kill the jungle boys. Then you go to the desert and you find there are aliens. And then you fight mutated humans that you think are humans, but they're actually mutated aliens. And you're constantly being introduced to characters and characters are getting killed off. Uh, Jacob dies. Uh, I'm just gonna like let's. I'm just gonna give you the Wikipedia summary. Jacob fucking dies. He does the super like lame and cliche thing of like he's in a fight. He doesn't have a gun and he like tackles somebody off of an edge or whatever um, to save Channa, the girl. Um, there, there's another character that dies. Uh, and then leaves, and then he like comes back, and it's this heroic moment, and you're just like, what the what the what the fuck, what is going on? Um, learning about the aliens was like it was like nuts because you eventually find out that like, so you eventually find out that there was another ship that came to Earth before your ship came. To, or, I'm sorry, not Earth, came to this planet, whatever this fucking planet is called, before your your ship came to this planet, and it was just faster. That's the that's the lore. It was your ship was slower than this ship because they made newer, faster engines, so they got here faster. And they also that's genocided like, these fucking that's, aliens. That, that's a straight up plot point from like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like, you, <laughs> there, it's like it's, yeah, it was also the ship that blew up. The in when you're talking to Jacob, he talks about there's a ship. There are two ships that are made. There's your ship, and then there's another ship, and the other ship blew up right in orbit or whatever. So when you first find that ship. It's called this, and you're just like, what the fuck? Are we going back in time? I'm so confused. And it's just like, it's just bad. It's bad. I agree with you. I don't really think this stuff needs to be great in order to be, like, worthwhile. But, boy, do I wish it was better. This is another thing that I think Anthem did really well, and it's another reason why I miss it and I loved Anthem a lot. Anthem had a story, and it had, like, lore and everything. Um, but I was invested in those characters, and, boy, when those... When you get betrayed, you you spend half of the game in Anthem hanging out because you're in the suit and then you have a guy who's like in your ear, right? And you're like bantering and they're telling you what to do or whatever. Um, and the whole point of Anthem is you're going to find this piece, of, this super special piece of armor, uh, like the Legion of Dawn armor or whatever. You find the armor and your guy in your ear shuts down your suit, trapping you. And he goes and he steals the armor because he's been jealous that he's been sitting in a computer chair and not out killing people and doing the cool hero shit or whatever. I was so invested in that. I was like, I was honestly not interested in Anthem at all until that, that point. And I was just like, fuck, whoa, like all of a sudden, this is like a big boy, this is like a big boy game. Cause like, and then, you know, he shows up later. It's like, it's like a whole thing, like more stuff, but that's like real character drama. Um, Outriders just does not hit in the same is the, does not hit the same way and it's pretty stupid and pretty bad. What well, so what's the thing on Moloch's back? Because that was clearly like teased in, in the cutscene. No idea. You don't fight Moloch ever again. You fight really? Moloch there. He gets away, right? And then you go off into the desert and you do all this other stuff. The final boss of the game, by the way, is an evil alien called like I don't know something. It was, it was something something stupid. I don't remember his fucking name. You fight him once after he kills Jakob. Then you fight him again. He shows up again and is inexplicably the final boss. Um, and in the end of the game, because the whole point of the game is you need to send a signal to the, the ship. to the ship so you can send down drop pods or whatever. Um, in the end of the game, you watch the drop pods like raining down over the thing, and you go and it goes and it shows you shows you Trench Town, and it shows you that first girl that you hung out with, and it shows you you know whatever. And one of the people that it has a little cutscene watching the pods fall is 
Moloch. And that's it. And then and then like the the end game is like you're just replaying through everything. Like there's no like Yeah, the end game is you're replaying through everything. I do think there is something akin to a raid or a dungeon, um, but you have to unlock it by getting good enough gear. Because the the thing that you are now doing is trying to get drop pods, which are like loot chests. Not like loot boxes. Um uh, they're just like they are chests that contain loot. So I'm pretty sure as you replay story quests and side missions and stuff like that, um, you are picking up these drop pods and they open and sometimes they might have, I don't know, good stuff. In legendaries them. and stuff. I didn't, I didn't have any interest in in farming any more than that. I pretty sw quickly switched to another game, um, and uh, and that's it. Yeah, I guess that. So that's Outriders. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's the perfect segue. Which game did you switch to, buddy? A game dev tycoon, actually. Have you played Game Dev Tycoon? I have not. It is, uh, it is like a, it's like a, a game where you get to sort of choose. It, it it takes you through history, right? So you start off making like text adventures, right? Um, but as you go, you get like better and better at making games, um, and eventually you can become like the next like Blizzard or whatever. Um, and honestly, it is not a hard game. It is just kind of though I did fail it, so maybe it is a hard game. Um, I got kind of locked into a place where, like, if you're not upgrading your graphics quickly enough, your games start getting, like, worse and worse reviews. And, yeah, uh, and I was sitting in a place where, two. yeah, I was sitting in a place where my company was so close to going under that the only thing I could afford doing is immediately pushing out a new game every, every couple of, you know, like, as soon as I finished work on one game, I had to go to another game, right? But what the game wants you to do is take breaks to develop new engines for your future games, and that's where you can upgrade your graphics, right? So you can, like, research graphics, like, 3D Graphics 1, and then if you make a couple Graphics 1, 3D Graphics 1 games, you will unlock the research for 3D Graphics 2, and then you can put 3D Graphics 2 in your next engine. Um, but I, I was in a position where I didn't have the time to make a new engine, so I kept having to put games out with 3D Graphics 1, and they were getting reviewed poorly, and our, my company folded, so that sucked. But then I made a new company, and now I'm it's like God mode. Uh, I am simultaneously Blizzard and Steam, because one of the things that you can do in the end game is put gobs of money towards, like, quote-unquote R&D projects. One of the R&D projects is your own special convention, like BlizzCon. And uh, another one of them is you create your own storefront, like Steam. So, so. so you're Epic Games. When do you sue Apple? Uh, yeah, oh, I guess actually, yeah, I am I am Epic Games anyway. There's a couple other ones. You can do VR, which I was never interested in. Uh, you can do, uh, I think you can do the Connect because there's another hardware thing that you can, like, like work for and like make or whatever but the funny thing is that it follows game design history um so or like 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 game development history so things like the dreamcast I, there there is a one-to-one -one for all of these right the game boy is the gameling uh the nintendo wii is the it's i think it's called the mimendo new or something instead of the xbox it's the mbox uh, instead of the PlayStation, it's the Game Station or something like that. So it's like all these things have like a one-to-one, -one, right? Um, but if a, if, a, if a product does poorly in real life, it does poorly in game. So like if you ever develop anything for the Dreamcast, you're fucked. Because the Dreamcast immediately flops. Like, <laughs> Or um, there's a couple of other versions of these. Like the, the Ouya, uh, which is obviously famously that one kickstarted console that never really went anywhere. 
that kind of stuff. Well, so, it came yeah, out, but know. it's like an Android box, so but, you know that's that's the yeah, yeah. Um, the, honestly, I was just looking for something to occupy my space while I watched Futurama on my other screen. Did it succeed? Yeah, yeah. It is honestly a pretty good game, and I have been going back a little bit. Uh, one of the things that's neat is you get is you find things out over time, right? Like when when I make a game, I can make an educated guess. I can say like you know, oh, a young action game is good for the NES, right? Like towards like young audiences, and it's an action game. Um, but there's like different modifiers for the different you know for the like the different games. Like so, for instance, making a casual game for the iPhone is better than making a a strategy game for the iPhone. Do you know what I mean? Because like the iPhone is a platform that is more suited to, to yeah. casual than strategy, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Though I have also been a little mad because I will, t I will sometimes try and replicate games that we know did really well. Like I once made a casual strategy game for the iPhone like Castle Crasher or what was that? Battle Clash Royale. Royale. Like Clash Royale, yeah. Yeah, whatever... Yeah, um, and uh, and it flopped, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Also, yeah, w w the other thing is that like you have you, and then you have a couple of like employees, and you can train your employees to be better at design, better at tech, better at you know speed, um, and uh, you can make those employee and and you assign those employees to do specific things. So every game has like gameplay, it has story, it has. An engine it has graphics and sound right and you and you assign people and you want to assign people that have like a good stat array for the thing right, right? so for instance your story and quest guy wants all design it doesn't give a fuck about technology right but your gameplay guy wants a lot of design and and a little bit of tech whereas your engine person is all tech no no whatever and you gotta like mix and match right. and you got to decide how much of the game is going to be devoted to each of these things right so for instance if you're doing an rpg you need to have a lot of story in order for the game to be good but if you're doing an action game you need to have a lot of gameplay for the story to be good so yeah it's honestly pretty complex um i don't really know why i picked this up again but i did and it's sweet so there you go fun fun on my end uh i've been playing a lot of spellbreak uh, which is a game that a friend of the cast, Monix, just replay. It was a game I played back in pre-alpha as well. Um, it's very polished, or not very, very polished, but it's like pretty polished now. Um, you essentially play a wizard um, or a sorcerer. Um, you have a magical glove that like casts a certain type of spell. Um, your primary glove gives you certain benefits, and then in, in the battle royale mode, which is kind of like the the more famous mode, um, you can pick up a second glove. Well, both ones pick up a second glove, and like. It, you can do like the the basic attacks with it, but you don't get like the special skills with it. Um, and there, it's basically kind of like a third person shooter because like the primary things in both gloves are like a projectile of some sort, and then they each have a sorcery, which is like um, like uh, for 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 the fire gauntlet, there's a firewall for the um, a poison gauntlet, it's a poison cloud. Sometimes they interact with each other, right? Like if you have a poison cloud out there and you hit it with fire, it explodes in like an explosion. Um, that's cool. Yeah, no, the interactions are, 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 are pretty neat. There are also some like, um, like uh, some interesting interactions, like um, like the uh, the wind gauntlet isn't particularly sh like strong, powerful, like uh, damage wise, but like um, if it's your primary gauntlet, you can like bounce off of things with it, and then like your your skill, which is a tornado, it sucks people in, but for you, it'll launch you into the air. Um, 
it's also very vertical, right? Like every every character can hover. Um, you also the other big mechanic is it's called a rune, and um, it's basically uh, it's generally a movement ability. Um, like there's a teleport, there's a flight, there's a uh, dash, there's a spring step. There's also like an invisibility and a couple other variations. There's also one that's like see people through walls, um, uh, and then there's like some items. It's it's like style wise, it feels very Fortnite to me, but it doesn't have like the building aspect. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's very good. Um, uh, it's relatively high skill, which I like. Um, uh, nothing like unlike games with like guns, like nothing. There's like maybe the electricity gauntlets hits scan, but everything else is kind of like uh, projectiles. So there's a lot of jumping around, a lot of like dueling with people, a lot of flying through the sky. Um, you have mana, which limits how much you can cast, um, and it also powers your levitation. So there's aspects there. Um, it's uh it's it's got a lot of like little things to it too it's, it's a lot of fun um i've been having a great time with it i've been playing with friend of the cast um monic it's available on, like so something the kind of meta that i think it does really well is it's on all the systems and there's one unified account so like um i'm playing on egs because there's like a twitch prime benefit for it but i also have xbox game pass and on xbox if you have game pass it'll give you the season two pass for free so i downloaded it onto my xbox to get this game pass, if I can play it on my computer, I still have the game pass, right? So I think that's that's well done. Um, that's honestly pretty cool. Yeah. I You know, I remember when this was this was originally designed as a MOBA, um, because I remember a bunch of people at Riot left to make this company, um, or to, like, to, to work on this game. Um, and I guess they must have swapped to a Battle Royale at some point, because this was years ago. This is maybe six or seven years ago. Um, some of the original people at Riot who did... Uh, like, do you know, um, God, he's the, he's the rabbit, no, man, I can't remember, he's the, he's, he's the famous guy who designed a lot of champions, like, like, artistically, he was, um, he's like a cover artist, Iron Stylus was his name, um, he famously left to go work on Spellbreak. Okay. Uh, so they must have, they must have kind of pivoted to BR when the big BR revolution so, happened. So, you know, funnily enough, the ranked mode is... It's called Dominion, um, and it's like five on five, and uh, it's um, instead of it's like capture the point type gameplay. And there's like okay, there's like minions to kill. There's like like mooks to kill. Um, so it's it's almost there. Like you know, it's it's kind of there. It's got it's kind of and it works different much differently than the battle royale. I think the battle royale is a little bit better tuned, um, uh, just because like like the the mechanic like instead of like finding things on the ground like you. When you do enough, you get a boon, and that'll translate into a like you know, like you can get another glove. So I don't think it's quite done yet, or it's quite there yet. But like I think it's, I think that's what it, I think that's what we're going for. You can definitely see the the mobile roots there, rather. Um, okay, that ma- that makes sense, I guess. Uh, are there like characters? Is it like Apex like that, or is so, it all based on these gloves and so, runes? Yeah. So you've got your skins are like you know monetized standard stuff, right? Like, um, but like the character your character is your primary gauntlet. Right, like, so just just okay. just to give you you know like like any so like if I'm playing the Tempest go- or the the uh, the what's it called like uh, the Lightning Gauntlet? It's got a different name. It's I I can't remember what it what it what its uh, real name is, um, but uh, um, uh, it's got like a, a lightning bolt primary attack, and then it's got like a lightning strike which disables an opponent that it hits for like a second, um, and that's true if you have it on your primary or your secondary hand. If you're um, on your, if it's on your primary hand, at level one, 
it does uh, more damage if you, like, you you can hold down the button to fire it on, like, most of the gauntlets. Or rather, it fires kind of quickly. So every continuous hit does more damage up to a cap. Um, at level 2, which, um, I it's time-based in the, in the ranked mode, and um, it's when you enter the next circle on the BR mode. Um, level 2, I believe, is, um, oh, when you cast your your sorcery you cast that lightning bolt your rune gets an additional charge um level three is uh is that triple strike um like one of them is it's the, the lightning bolt no no the third one is when you strike you have infinite mana for like the next four seconds um uh, and level four is it strikes three times um okay and that's basically your class right because when it's on your second hand you don't get any of those benefits Whereas, like, fire is um, level, like, the, the initial one is that your your primary ability burns. Like, it does some, a, a small DOT. Um, your second one, I believe, is when you pass through your firewall, um, you can fly for two seconds. Um, the third one is your firewall does more damage in the first two seconds. And the last one is, is when your, your attack impacts the ground, it's, it, it, it shatters. Um, and so you get a lot of, like... Or like I was saying with the wind gauntlet, the, the the sorcery launches you in the air. That's only true if it's on your primary hand. It's not true if it's on your secondary okay. hand. Um, and on top of that, you have three secondary. You have three skills um, that are like that are upgraded by finding scrolls. Um, and there are things like more health, but those are also swappable. And you unlock the different skills by upgrading your gauntlets because the gauntlets all have levels. So like okay. Um, like uh, when you get your wind gauntlet or not your fire gauntlet to level three, one of the skills you can swap to is when you die, you will come back once, um, as opposed to, to to you know being dead. So uh, and you're immune for for four seconds. Um, and there's a whole point system there, and it's it's got some depth to it, and I think it's, it's I think it's very well done. Um, but like you know, your class is your primary gauntlet, right? Like if you're if you're running toxic, you're I guess a toxicologist or something. Um, and that that impacts significantly how you're playing the game, right? Like like Monic, friend of the cast, Monic really likes the Toxic Gauntlet because one of the later skills is when you pass into your um, uh, Poison Cloud, you one you're immune to it. There's a lot of friendly fire in this game, which is important. But like when you pass into your Poison Cloud, you're immune to it, and you turn invisible, and then like you do more damage when you're invisible. So um, there's okay. a lot of synergy there. It's 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 super fun. Um, That's cool. I actually think I like this pitch a lot. The idea of, like, a fantasy, like, a magic fantasy BR is very appealing. Um, I, I think one of the things I really like about it is the lack of sort of, like, hitscan weapons. It really solves some of the BR problems that you and I have talked about in the past where, um, you know, almost all of your interactions are these, like, long-range sniper fights where you're just trying to look for, like, the pixel through the scope that moved yeah, that's or whatever, PUBG, right? right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> Which like you know that's not terrible and I and I get how that is that is appealing but that was never my thing. Um, yeah, these fights this are hyper much more up my alley. Yeah, very yeah. hyper kinetic. Um, how many people are on a team? Is it like three, two, four? Um, so I have only I, I think th I think there's up to four, um, and the rank mode is five. Um, okay. Uh, I have only played duos with uh, with friend of the cast Monic. Um, Fair enough. Uh, what? Um, otherwise, this week. I so have you heard of Hood Outlaws and uh, something? It's like a PVE PvP game. It came out this week, um, early access, or it came out early if you pre-ordered it. Hood Outlaws and Legends. Yeah, that one. Um, so it's like uh, like your team is 
facing another team to uh, try and steal a chest. Um, I don't have much to say about this. I played the tutorial and refunded it because um, the key map, as is often the case, the key remapping doesn't work quite right. Um, so the key remapping, to, to its credit, I could map any of the keys I wanted to, but something that is hidden is that the arrow keys control the camera and you can't remap that camera control. So when I remap my movement to the camera key, to the arrow keys, if I pressed forward, the camera would shoot straight up. And oh my god, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. And so I played through the tutorial remapping the directional keys to um, like the, the numpad, the, the numpad, top of the numpad, but like doesn't work with my normal setup. And I spent a couple of minutes, I spent 10 minutes looking to see if I could find a config file to, to, to change it, which is my normal thing for this. But at that point, after like trying and failing, I was just like, you know what? This game is interesting, but not cool enough for me to care. And uh, I don't have tolerance for this anymore. And I've got so many other games I want to play, so I refunded it. Um, I know the uh, oh, these are the guys who did Greedfall too. Uh, I know the publishers. Uh, oh, these are the this is the Farming Simulator publisher who publishes. Like, I would say Greedfall. Games. I could see. I could see like if they were the Greedfall people, I could see why like it's about that level of like not you know Eurojank right like straight straight Eurojank. Yeah, they also did Hard Space Shipbreaker, which is a game that we got featured alongside a lot of uh, with like you know some of our games we get featured alongside. Hard Space Shipbreaker is a really neat game. It's one where like you go to derelict spaceships and you you have like a fusion cutter and you're you're cutting them up oh, yeah, yeah. so that you can scrap them or whatever um people sit people have really nice things i've always wanted to play but I, i've never actually gotten around to playing it but it's the same it's the same folks not the same developer same publisher okay but. yeah no and like this game like this game is i think technically in early access um maybe not if i i would i would come back around and check it out again in six months to a year to see if it's better which is like like as as I get older and as I have less free time to devote to gaming, I don't have patience for this kind of thing, right? So fair enough. Um, um, obviously, you know, we did we did ahead of the curve. Have you done done any wild things recently, or? Um, so I've been I just I pop in every once in a while, like I you know I've been collecting stuff, you know, doing get getting that that anima, um, doing some of my weeklies. I need to go run some dungeons just to like unlock some features in my garden like you know my queen's conservatory or whatever but i haven't bothered um uh something something that i've been thinking about a lot is because one of the things i do the most with wow is because it's on my phone is i do the uh the, the table missions um yeah <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny just like how like how like into these table like you know how much like i can like like know about these table missions like oh this goes like this it's like Oh, you know, it's like some of these, some of these missions, like, like the, for whatever reason, the sin, there's a couple of Sinvir ones that like have like a full, like a full loadout of enemies that always punch above their weight in terms of like what they, what they level they say they are. But like, you know, my highest level character in, in that is like 50, just hit 54, I think, but I can clear the, okay. the, the, the end game sixties, except for the Sinvir one, which is like, you know. Like I said, significantly punching above its weight. I don't know. That why. one, that one is built for AOE. You know, I, 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 I was talking to a guy who had a similar problem. It's because those guys are when you have eight enemies, the each individual enemy does has more health and does more damage. But it's because you can hit more of them with your with your big AOE moves. So if you bring like an AOE comp to that, you know, to that like vampire whatever. Um, you will be able to, to kill through those enemies much quicker because you can like if you can blanket everybody with a bunch of damage, you can like remove seven of the eight guys or whatever whatever it looks like. And um, 
you remove seven of the eight guys, and then you're just fighting, like, one guy who's plinking away for, for nothing. Which I think is that, you know, I it, it's interesting, because I think that's smart game design, right? That, that obviously, like, makes sense when I think about it, but it's very unintuitive, given those two numbers that you see. The thing that was weird is that that's, like, a level, like, it's, like, a level 51 mission, which has worse numbers than, like, level 54 missions, or whatever. And you're just like, what the fuck? How is there a level 54 mission that is, or whatever the number is, that is more that is that is easier than this one is yeah and and i like like i i take your point that that's what it's supposed to be but i also think it's like not quite right right like because like i like you know as night Fae, i've got pretty strong aoe i still struggle with those sometimes oh yeah um like i just don't think that they they just don't quite play quite right I'll, I'll try again at some point but like I, it's just i feel i feel uh uh blessed because necrolords are just like disgusting at aoe one of the big things that makes the necrolord so gross is that we have access to plaguey who is and i've talked about this You're... before who's just like insanely good <laughs> just like there the funny thing is that there's a version of plaguey for um for the kyrian who i'm also doing now like i am also doing uh i i i uh, have all of the 60s cleared on baron um and i'm basically done with um the uh i'm basically done with the campaign on gonder but like being able to see the two different like the two the different ways that the two groups it is so much easier on necrolords than it is for for bastion just because like the abilities are are different bastion has a bunch of healers and i think healers are kind of the worst of all of these guys because they never put out enough heals to like offset the damage that you're taking in and i don't really think that they like kind of accurately help your party compared to somebody who just does damage right like obviously the best kind of cc is death yeah um so yeah no the 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 night fey healer also doubles the damage of everybody on your team for like two rounds so she's pretty good um uh but like uh, but like yeah i so the funny thing is is like something i will do is like if i've got like I've got, like, a lower-level mission that's, like, for anima, right? So, like, it's, like, a straight-up win trade, right? Like, I will, like, put, like, one character in, in, like, the in the back row on the left side, then three staff fighters in the front row, and then one staff healer in the back just to heal that person up because they'll, they'll come out of the mission with more health than they went into it, and I'll, like, net up, <laughs> net up like, 50 anima. So it's, like, yeah, win-win. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I, I don't use the troops really ever. I, I basically have three going, and it's always full champion parties because I'm mostly trying to get everybody leveled to leveled as quickly as possible. And also, I just, like, don't think that a lot of the, like, I never do the ones for gear, obviously. Like, those yeah. are bad. Um, so it's really just, like, the good trade resources, augment runes, anima. That's really kind of it. I don't really do any of the other missions yeah, so, at this point. So the, the, I've been doing the XP ones, too, but, like, the, some, the thing I discovered was that, like, the trade resources, like, the, like the gold missions just give ba better base XP. So, like, that's, like, the thing to yeah. do. And, like, also, like, the trade the trade goods are, like, worth it for, like, the, the resale gold on the on the auction house. Um, uh, but, like, I was, like, for a while just, like, spamming all, like, the, the cheap missions because they were fast, right? I was, like, I don't care about trade resources, but, like, the animal ones trade, you know, you know they're, like, win-win. But they're all, like... Most of them, or rather, because yeah, they, they they tend to cost ten anima and give you back more at like yeah. fifty or sixty. Yeah. So it's, a, it's been a lot better too since the um the anima increase, right? Like uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the anima increase, like right now, I think there's three thousand anima up in World Quest, and I'm just like, 
Give me. Yeah. I want. Give me. I want it. Uh, it's just like it feels so much better to be like farming animal. I'm always. I'm honestly like almost running out of things to get at this point, because I have maybe fifty thousand anima left of things that I really want, which is like some weapon appearances, a couple armor appearances, and that's it. Like I have all the mounts. Um, I have like the, the the illusion and stuff like that, which I mean fifty thousand anima. That's obviously a lot of anima. So, but like considering. You know, if all of the the war quests today are three thousand anima, you get a couple thousand anima out of the out of the raid. Now you get like two grand out of the raid or whatever. Like it is not hard to break five or ten thousand anima a week at this point. Yeah, no, I like absolutely. I am I'm a little bit further out, right? Because like I've you you have like like I've got like um they're only fifteen hundred piece, but I've got soul shape soul uh you know souls to buy. Do you have something like that? Okay. Nope. Um. But yeah, like I've like the the weapons are like what thirty five thousand a piece, so mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's gonna be a little while before I can I can pull those. Um, yeah, yep. And you know, if if it feels it feels like I'm making progress though, right? Which is which is good. Um, yeah, I mean that you know it it is. Uh, I don't know. It it is also a weird badge of honor or like. You know what I mean? Like, I f- it feels good that I have a set of armor that I don't think other people really have, mm. um, which makes me honestly, like, really want to use that set just to kind of, like, to show off. In the same way that, like, if I was a Mythic Raider, I would want to show off my Mythic Raider set, right? Yeah, no, so um, th- this, this this feels bad because, like, I got the Soul Shape from AOTC, but I like the turtle better. And it's like, but I, I, I have the special dragon that I should be dunking out here with the, with the <laughs> Um, yeah, have you have you seen any of the? Uh, do you pay any attention to like WoW like new stuff? Have no. you paying attention to any nine point one stuff? They're changing they're changing Torghast on the PTR, which I'm excited about. I've done a couple of runs where um, I think it's actually kind of tough to to do Torghast. Man, yeah, I do not envy the WoW devs on on this one because you kind of they have kind of simultaneously created two groups. One group who are completionists, right? Like they, they want a perfect Torghast run to be one where they do everything and it challenges them along the way, right? Like it is a it is a challenge to do every like things scale up as they get as they get more powerful. And then there's the speedrunners who just want to like book it to the end boss and and like kill it as fast as possible. The new thing that they're doing for Torghast is um is they there's a rating now. When you when you exit Torghast you now have, you get between one and five gems or whatever. Um, and the, in order to progress to the next level, to the next like layer, to get to layer nine, 10, 11, and 12, you need to get four out of five gems on each of the preceding, like, tor- like on the preceding Torghast floors. In the same way that like, in order to get to, from layer one to layer two, you had to kill the boss. Now you have to kill the boss, but you have to do it in a certain amount of time or you have to do it with a certain completionism percentage, right? So if you like kill all, if you get all the phylacteries, you get all the animal powers, you do all the bonus events or whatever, you get to the end, that'll get you four out of five. If you do it before, they call it a par time, um, you will also now get four out of five gems. And if you do both, if you complete most of it and you be, beat it before that timer runs out, um, you, five. you get five stars, yeah. Which I think is cool. I think is uh, I think is neat. There's also an additional progression system which I love, which is uh, it's called the box of many things. Um, the harder the harder layers of Torghast now have additional, you know, they're called they're called torments, right? 
um, but they're just like additional problems that you need to that you need to like deal with. Um, so it's like, oh, when five enemies get close, you take thirty percent more damage. So, um, or when this happens, then that happens. Right, those kinds of things. And then there are things that you can do to mitigate that and make it easier to run Torghast by. Um, like at the end of a at the end of a run, you get a certain currency. You pour that currency into the box, and now the box says, "Well, you do X percent more damage under Y circumstances." Right. Um, so even like so that there is a there's kind of like a progression. Right. Uh, in in doing Torghast and Torghast becomes like easier and easier as you go as you go up the thing, which I think is neat. People are mad about it, but I think the WoW community just like honestly fucking hates I would the say game. Like at this point. like you know. <laughs> Is mad about it is like a thing that like just seems to be a, a perpetual state of anything in 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 World of Warcraft. Like there's somebody. That's yeah, I mean mad the thing it. the thing that I really hate is uh, like Asmongold, obviously the very famous streamer, posted a, a twit longer yesterday, where he said he called systems like Torghast, the Maw Conduit, and he called these playtime extenders, um, because the the only goal of the system is to waste your time. So that you give Blizzard more sub money, and they can show better engagement metrics, which I hate so much. It is the most bad faith argument I could possibly think of. That like the only reason these mechanics exist is to waste your time to be a bottom line on Bobby Kotick's fucking like spreadsheet. And I understand why. Like I think these people have um, have really whipped themselves into sort of this this fervor that the the game is entirely ruined by its corporate greed or whatever but i don't like how do you how do you make an argument to I deal mean, with i mean he, he is right insofar as like the point of a video game is to waste your time for fun right like that is like <laughs> yeah yeah <I> know. <laughs> like it's just like the thing the thing that bothers me about it is it's like those things are playtime extenders but like weekly raid lockouts are not playtime extenders right like the great vault is not a playtime extender should should i be able to loot the great vault daily hourly right like come yeah, on also, right like like think like a playtime extender like it's it's a leisure product right like it's <laughs> the point right? like like like, oh god! And like the the, yep. the point is, is like if it's if it's like I, I get it right. There can be things that are just like grinding for this grindiness for the sake of grindiness. Then you, you stop playing the game, right? Like I I, I don't. I, know. I think WoW is in its most grind friendly state at at the moment, right? Like there are there are the few you have to grind the least now than any time in the history of WoW that I have ever played. Well, so, so like because just like the way that they have structured the mechanics that grin out and everything. I also think it's like it's it's like hit the right balance, right? Like you know, like mm -hmm. like this is part of the reason why like I feel like I've stuck around, right? Like like I was like you know I think this applies post anime increase, like I, I've said before. Like I think the the anime increase maybe could have stood to have come a little bit sooner, but whatever. That's like you know that, that's like inches rather than miles, right? Like um, sure, but like there's stuff to earn for. It's like things that I want to get. It's also I make satisfying progress when I go to do them. And I don't feel compelled, like, it, it, the, the gating is not that I feel compelled to do it all the time, right? Like, you talk about, like, you know, f you feel compelled to, like, fill the number to the top. Um, yeah. I don't feel compelled to do that. I don't feel like I'm significantly behind because of it, right? Like, I'm not burning myself out in the game, right? Like, um, I think the best comparison I can come back to is, like, um, is I came, I came back, the first time I played WoW was in, was in you know, Vanilla. And then I came mm -hmm. back for Pandaria. 
Um, or at the end of Pandaria before, um, I guess that would have been... Uh, Warlords. Warlords. Yeah. So I was, like, doing the Pandaria dailies, right? Like, and, like, those felt annoying, right? Because it's like, I have, to, I have to do my dailies limit so that I can do the dailies. Because every day I'm not doing a daily is a day that, like, you know, I'm not advancing this and I need to do X number of days, right? Whereas here it feels like, like, technically most of that's true, but it's very fuzzy and I don't feel too bad about it, right? Like, you know, it's like... Yeah, I feel like the problem is WoW needs to simultaneously cater to players like, in this instance, you, and players in this instance like me, right? Like, you don't do the maw, right? But I do the maw, I still do the maw. All of my conduits are maxed. I have a gem slot on all of my gear, most of of which is best in slot. And I'm still farming but, the but, maw. But, 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 and honestly, honestly, it is just because it's a fun, it's fun. I just enjoy my time in the maw. And so the game simultaneously needs to reward me with power for doing the fun thing, right? Because WoW wants to reward you yeah. for doing the fun thing. And it can't reward too much because then it becomes an obligation for you to do a thing that you don't think is fun. I think that is the core tension right. and the hard thing when it comes to when it comes to. WoW. And that's the thing, right? Like when I was still like farming Finari rep, right? Like I was doing the maw every day, right? But once I hit that, yeah. I was like, I'll, like I do my weeklies. I do my weeklies mostly because they give me divine spirits for my garden. Right, like so. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, actually yeah. know that. Um, and actually, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna miss the the one tonight. But like, it's not a big deal, right? Like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Actually, something that's oddly bad, I think, is that like, actually, like doing like the bosses give me the green spirits, which I don't really care about. Um, right, like I've got enough blue spirits that I can like keep my my garden going mostly with blue spirits. Um, so like I have just started the garden, so I don't have any. I don't. Yeah. I have not seen any spirits yet at this point. But part of it is that like the the, the garden like the, the garden sucks at low levels, right? Like there's like nothing super compelling. Like you know I I do it on the chance that you get like the cosmetics, right? Like that's like the the reason you're doing it, and otherwise you're just like farming mats, which I guess are like a gold farm. But like you know it's nice because like you know every th three or four days, like the it's great because like I can come back every three or four days, clear out my farm. And I'm good, right? Like, you know, it's yeah. totally passive, right? It's perfect for, like, the way, like, you know, as much as I want to engage with WoW right now, right? Like, yeah. you know, I come on raid night, maybe once or twice throughout the week to, like, clean out some, some anima and, like, you know, do some stuff. If I'm feeling really motivated, I'll jump into a BG or maybe I'll try and find a Mythic to run. That's actually, so, this is the thing that I think is, like, a, a potential problem. It's, like, the Mythic community is so far up in Mythics that I feel like I can't jump in, right? Like, if I really wanted to, and Interesting. I, I don't, like, I'd have to, like, ask you to help me, right? Or, like, yeah, yeah, or ask sure. the guild to help me, right? Like, I couldn't, like, like it's like every key seems to be, like, 10 and up. And I bet you mm -hmm. I could, like, jump in and maybe adapt, but I also feel like I'd, I'd feel terrible if I fucked that up, so I'm not going to, right? Like, Yeah, I think the proper way to do Mythics is to walk up the ladder, yeah. right? Uh, but it is tough because there's just not a lot of ladder right now. I think if I were you, the only th the thing I would do is I would get my own key and I would run it up and see what happens. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Like, just list your key, take who shows up, see what happens kind of thing. Um, because, like, there's just, like, a lot of little things to, to understand about Mythics. Um that uh uh that you that you just get by by like running them in those kinds of like non-stressful scenarios like right like i bet you put out the damage 
I mean, what's your item level right now? Two, it's gonna be like 215, 16 level. 212, 214, uh, depending on. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you could probably do 10s, 11s, 12s easy, right? Yeah. Like, um, but it's just about having the knowledge of how the boss is, how the affixes like interact, all that, all, that, all that kind of thing. I think most people are just doing mythics on alts now, right? Like, I have a fresh alt who's like 200. And the funny thing is that because I have that mastery, I can take that alt into very high level mythics right. and do well, just because, like, understand the mechanics you know like <laughs> yeah no like and like you said like take your own i don't have a key right like i have to do like a yeah. mythic zero to, to to generate a key and like maybe i'll do that at some point but i'll probably just like if, if i care enough to do that i'll wait for 9.1 maybe or like if i really yeah. get bored i really feel like you know i really feel like it i'll like tap the guild or something or i won't mm. and i'll you know yeah i think the the core thing is that mythics are not built to be pugged they are built to be done by a group of, you know, people in voice chat who can coordinate these things, right? Like, it's built to be done by a guild group, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, right now I'm playing Spellbreak, which I'm having more fun with. And I also, like, want to finish Death Stranding, which I, like, you know... I know. I want to finish Valhalla. I told myself I was going to go back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I keep not doing it. Even when I have moments where I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I have three hours of free time and then i just watch futurama and play game dev tycoon instead no i, I definitely <laughs> feel that it's like do i want to invest myself like because the other game i want to play is um fucking um disco elysium with the voice acting right yeah like, it looks fucking great i would love to play that and i probably will at some point but you know i could also like you know monic wants to play around a spell a spell break i could you know go jump into that instead and yeah. you know, <laughs> such, such less of a commitment um plus, oh. you know, but, you know, that's life. you have anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get out of here through overtime? No, I'm good. All right. Well, if you'd like to tell us what you think about any of the things we talked about on this podcast, you can email us at DirtsPlayGames at gmail.com or podcast at DirtsPlayGames.com. Um, you can watch us live on Twitch.tv slash DirtsPlayGames. Um, you can rate review us on uh, iTunes and other places where podcasts are found and uh, on YouTube. And I think I forgot to put the episode out before this one. So, uh, <laughs> I'll have to do that export soon. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that's everything I had. But you have anything you want to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. Uh, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.